Welcome to the Farming Without the Bank podcast, the show with a no BS approach to money. Hosted by a farm strategy expert and authorized IBC practitioner. Join us as we get real and expose the flaws of traditional financial institutions in order to help farmers take control of their finances, create peace of mind, grow their wealth, and leave a legacy. Now, here's your host, Mary Jo Ehrman. Welcome to today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in again, and welcome back if you have been here before. I appreciate the fact that you are constantly listening. Today, we are visiting with another client. You guys have asked to hear them, so we are going to continue to talk to them as long as they will share. Today's guest is Austin Schultz from Stewartson, Illinois. Austin works off the farm as an electrician. And on the farm, he is farming with his dad, Natural Hogs, and his wife, Michaela, owns her own sewing business called Faith Family and Fabric. So if you're on Facebook, check it out, or Etsy. She has a little Etsy store, which is very nice. And they have been clients since 2017. Thanks for taking the time and being on today, Austin. Hey, how's it going? Good. Okay, let's get started. I'm so happy that you are willing to share, and you are one of my extremely active clients, which I absolutely love because you're always running scenarios and always asking questions, and we talk a lot. So that's good. Um, Yeah. The last, you guys that have listened before, the last interview I did with Jeff, Jeff does not call me a lot. So you can be a client that calls a lot, or you can be a client that doesn't call a lot, but I don't mind if you call. That's what I'm here for. So my first question to you, Austin, is what made you read the book? Well, I just thought, what do I have to lose? And I usually try and read and re-educate myself as, or get as much information as I can yeah. on different things. And do things differently than Different what, options, I should say. Yeah. And, and were you looking for something different than what was maybe done in the past? Yep. Sometimes things in the past just don't work very well at all. Right. Or they take forever. And I'm not very patient. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I... (laughs) Yes, we we do call Austin quite quickly when he calls us. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. I am not very patient either. So I totally understand. Yeah. So when you called me, I know that after we visited, you had talked to quite a few people about the book and you had talked to people, I think even before you called me. So before we talked, were you a little bit concerned about it? Like that's too good to be true. What did you heard from other people that kind of made you uneasy? Well, just the simple fact that, well, I've never heard of that, that, that comment a lot. And then of course, everybody's saying, well, the stock market, you're going to get a better rate of return. That's one of my very good friends mm-hmm. says that he still we still argue about that quite a bit but <laughs> and when you read Nelson's book you know it's not about the rate of return right right yeah it's about liquidity control and guarantees which the market can't even compete with yeah but i know that you ran into didn't you talk to your accountant as well and they hadn't heard about it no oh was it no was it actually a life insurance my guy? 
Yeah, Michaela's life insurance guy. I asked him about it, and he said, yeah, I know what she's doing. And I said, okay. But for whatever reason, that particular company or whatever, they don't really push that for whatever reason. And I know that they sell a lot of life insurance around here. So, Yep, and that that particular company actually does not have the paid-up additions rider. Right. And so they can't create the cash value. Even though they have, she has a policy with a great mutual company, and we did not cancel yeah. that policy. And we actually, yeah, we still have it. And uh, we have half of it, and then we'll convert the other half whenever she's like 40 or whatever, because it's a whole life policy. Mm-hmm. Are you guys using that one? No, there's no cash value in it. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is one question that comes up a lot as well, and it's the upfront capital. So you're getting access to 75% of your money in seven to 10 days. Were you concerned about, oh my gosh, I don't get access to that other 25%? No, because by the time I decided to do it, I'd asked you enough questions that I was under the understanding that I would eventually get it back. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we break even. Yeah. At first, I was having a hard time wrapping my head around just, okay, I know nothing in life is free, so what's the catch? And then I probably said that to you a couple of times in our conversations before I bought a policy, actually, I think. And what did you think the catch was? Why did you think there was a catch? Well, because there usually is <laughs> with something that that works to your advantage that's good, I guess. Because it sounded too good to be true. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it probably did, but now it just makes so much sense that I don't know why it it wouldn't be too good to be true. Right, because you have... The more research I've done on it. And you came to... I had a farm finance conference in early 2018. Yeah. And so you came to the farm finance conference. You got to meet Nelson Nash. You got to hear about infinite banking. Yep. You have really done your homework. You haven't just said, oh, okay, well, I'm going to read one book and I'm done. Yeah, and I guess that's probably one other thing that helped a lot was going to the Farm Finance Conference and hearing multiple different scenarios, speakers on it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And how it can be used. Yeah. So can you yeah. can you share just a couple things that you've used yours for? Well, whenever we first started the policy, I kind of used it as an operating room, but with... Uh, the hog operation, money moves in and out so quickly that it was getting confusing. And Michaela and I just decided then that uh, until we got enough cash value built up to where we could completely cancel the farm, the operating loan for the farm, that we would just kind of use it on capital investments for the farm. So, so since then, we have used it to buy a skid loader half of a skid loader with my dad. And then I used it to buy a couple of hog buildings in the last year or so here. And I also used kind of investigating a little bit in the hair sheep market. So I bought some used this winter with it as well. Can you tell us your story and share your story about your carports and adding more hogs to the operation and what happened at the bank? Well, I didn't ask for a loan to build these hog barns this last, it would have been like January of 2019 because I knew I had enough cash value to do that. And I figured out that I had enough operating loan to buy the hogs and cover it and all that. And usually, well, whenever I didn't have 
any to sell here this fall. I thought that I was going to be running a little bit short on my operating loan. So I called my bank and asked him and he said, well, just typical, you know, browbeating you a little bit about, well, you're already strapped here and strapped there. And I said, yeah, but I have a lot more hogs than what you even see the balance sheet on from the previous year. And he said, oh, I didn't know that. I said, no, you probably didn't. <laughs> and he just didn't really know what to say to that. That was probably the really the best feeling of using the policy in general. Mm-hmm. Just that I could just say, well, yeah, you probably didn't. Right. Just kind of shut him right up. Right. Because you were able to expand without having to ask permission to do so. Yeah. Yep. Giving you an opportunity to have more income because they were asking you to take hogs on. Right. And he would have probably said no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because it seems like uh, since I've gotten into farming, I've been farming all my life. But financially, whenever I had to start going and asking for money from the bank and everything, you know, 2011, they hardly ever said no. And then whenever I started, whenever I got out of the apprenticeship and I started a family, got married and everything, well, everybody's wanting to put the brakes on it and I'm ready to go. Mm. I know that I can make money at it, but a lot of bankers are very scared of the livestock aspect of things. I forgot to ask Austin, um, how old are you? 26. 26. So this is not, it's not like you've been at this and you're 35, 40 years old. You have the, what you've accomplished at 26 is huge because you have five life insurance policies. Yeah. Right. So we have a couple on the, we have a couple on the boys because he's, Austin has some little people. So we have a couple on the boys and they're not huge. That doesn't mean that you have five huge policies. It just means that we started with you and Michaela and the boys came along and we added the boys. And then we seen some value to have a policy on dad and figured out how can we financially afford a policy on dad so that if something happens, because you're in operation with him, every, if, if something happens to dad, this operating goes back on to Austin. So to put, yeah, we needed something for dad. And you were insistent that you're going to do that now. Like you didn't want to wait and until something happened and he became uninsurable. Yeah. So a lot of what you have done as well comes back to Parkinson's law in Nelson's book that talks about the fact that to get ahead, you might have to sacrifice here or there. Yeah. And you've done that by saying, hey, I'm going to start a policy on dad and I'm going to work harder off the farm or I'm going to rearrange some money somewhere so that I can afford this policy. Yeah. Yep. In my opinion, if I didn't have that, I'd just be kind of a fool because both dad and I work off the farm and, uh, you know, he's got, he fattens out cattle. I help with that. But together, he and I have a couple thousand head of hogs, and they're very labor-intensive. I mean, there's not very many days that he and I don't spend at least two or three hours with them together, just doing the general work that needs done. So, yeah, if something were to happen to him, I'd eat, I, w- I would have to quit work. And if something were to happen with him, and I, w- I didn't have a life insurance policy on him, I don't know how, the, how I could support a family doing what I have with the job that I have now and no money from him. So that was my biggest concern. You guys are working really hard 
to build this operation together. If something happens to him, we don't want it to fall apart. No. So have you found it difficult to get money out of the policies? No, no, not at all. Usually in five days, it's usually in my account. The first time, the first loan that we took, you had me a little bit worried because something happened and that's whenever I became fully aware that that probably wasn't going to happen again because Mary Jo really, whenever she got back from the conference or whatever she was at, she really lit a fire underneath the life insurance company saying that that was not acceptable. Because she, Do you remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> there are some clients that if everything can go wrong, it will. And you guys just happen to be those clients. <laughs> We can have have smooth sailing and everything goes well. And we have to remember that the insurance company, the people that work there are human and there are human errors. But I, you know, like I just said, I don't have a lot of patience either. And so when things are not done correctly, like I get a little hot and some phone calls are made because you guys, this is what we told you, right? We said that this is how quickly you're going to have your money. And if I believe they didn't get your, I believe they didn't get the facts or something, right? It was something, something happened and we got it resolved and it was, and it was all good, but it's just human error on the other side. That was not, not huge, but when stuff happens along the way and poor Austin is thinking, oh my gosh, is this legit? And everybody is telling you it's not legit. And then all of a sudden you go to get your money and... (laughs) Whoops, we have a little yeah. we have a little snag in there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I am I am I'm not very patient. So I want things fixed yesterday when the mistake was made. Yeah. But are you taking your own loans? Are you doing your loans online or are you you using our office to do that? Um, I always use your office just because that way somebody a third party's there. I don't feel comfortable enough without you or Jess listening in and making sure that the money's going where it needs to go mm-hmm. yep. or come or come from where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And that's great. We help. Now we do, we do repay our loans through the mail just because that's easier to keep track of for our bookkeeping purposes. Oh, okay. So you don't do that online either. I used to, but then Michaela didn't like the way I did that. So she just does it now. This is, for all of our listeners, Michaela keeps the books, Austin feeds the hogs. So they have a very specific way that they do things. And it's absolutely fantastic because you guys are young, but it's great because Michaela didn't grow up on a farm. And so she's really diving in and really wanting to understand what's going on. So she knows financially everything that needs to be on that side. And you trust her to do that with questions, obviously. And so she's learning and you're learning along the way, which I think is great. (laughs) Yeah, because one of my biggest, uh, one of my biggest downfalls that she can't understand is I usually have everything up in my head. And I think, oh, I'll pay that off in a big lump sum. That'll all be just fine. Well, then she sees that the money's gone and she freaks out a little bit. So. <laughs> and that but is, she has to see it. Right. And we just need to communicate. And I find with farmers, it's so funny because I have another farmer that his wife was almost in tears when we were on the phone and I could see it in her face. And I said, what's in your head needs to go on paper. 
she needs to see that because she's never been on the farm. She doesn't understand how that works. So what you guys have in your head needs to be put down. It needs to be explained because it's so new to them. So kudos to you for working that out. (laughs) Yep. So are you still using, you're obviously still using the bank for operating. Yeah. Right. Can, right now, can you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you have an idea about when that's going to be that you can say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to get away from that operating note. Um, Right now, I feel like the interest is too cheap, and I would rather use the life insurance policy on assets that are going to make me money. Like, if I could buy some ground someday and get that locked in, Mm -hmm. right now, while interest rates are cheap, or put up another hog barn. There's also talk of a, a surging machine for the selling business, and that'll probably come before another hog building, which is fine. <laughs> but uh, I don't think, I don't know. I can't, I can't really foresee when I'll ever not need an operating loan just because it's, you're sitting on so much cash with livestock or farming in general. Mm-hmm. I could, but I would rather expand, I guess, with the policy loans. Yeah, And the fact that you're always expanding, we're just leveraging the bank. So we're using the bank's yeah. cheap interest while we're bu- using the life insurance company's loan for things that are going to be a little bit harder to get from the bank. So it's not like it's and I talk about this all the time. It's not like you guys have to just completely get away from the banking operation. It's just where are we going right. to get that money and if we can leverage it. Now, if we were following everything Nelson said, we would never want to use the bank and we would eventually want to get away from it. Which great if we can. And I can completely, yeah, I can completely understand why he thinks the way he does, but it almost seems like he started, and and I can't, I can't, maybe I just can't wrap my head around his saying of all the income coming in, it needs to be going into a policy because at some point or time you could you could lose some ground that you're cash renting or farming or whatever, and then okay, you've got this huge policy. Where are you going to get that money from? So I, I guess I'm a little bit more conservative thinking than than him and some other people are on that aspect. Well, we have to remember that when Nelson said that, he didn't just mean income. Right. So he was counting dividends as part of premium. And so he's looking at everything on the back end of that as well that what's coming in should right. equal. So we can't, and at today's, today, we're not going to do that. Not when you're only a couple years in, but you have a long life to right. live. If we might get to the point where you're like, okay, I am not, I'm done expanding and I have enough cash value that I could use it. Now you get the opportunity to say, can I want, can I yeah. use it all? Do I want to use it all? Or do I want to leverage my dollar and not? Nelson's big thing was to get rid of the Federal Reserve and to get rid of fractional reserve banking. And so he wants us to use a policy for those things. But until we get there, we're going to leverage our money with the bank and we're going to use the bank. It's not a bad thing. Well, and I also feel like he he was at least wherever he even wrote the books or anything that I've read or heard him speak or anything, he was at least 25 years into a policy. 
that that's a complete game changer versus two years in. Right, but you have to remember Nelson's policies didn't have a PUA writer on them. Right. So he was 25 years into a policy like Michaela has. Right. He had base only. So he did have some cash value there, though. Yes. And that is when he, and, and years a few years before that, he had changed and put PUAs on everything. But yeah, right. we don't, the moral is we don't have to completely step out of the bank. But it, when it makes it a lot easier to talk to the banker because we don't have all those loans with them, that's great. It gives us more opportunity because you're young. Yeah. You're going to have the opportunity to be buying land when p- other people are having to sell and you're going to have the money to do so. Maybe. <laughs> you will. will you will, Austin. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has it just been a kind of peace of mind that you have control of those payments as well? If, gosh, it, you know, if something happens and you lose some hogs along the way that I don't have to make a payment back if I can't. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And, and where we started out, that's the way I was kind of thinking. But the more I read and the more I investigated it and just thinking about it, you'd be dumb not to pay that back because then you can just go on the flip side and use that same money to make payments on other stuff or to expand or anything else. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is a peace of mind type thing too. Yeah. To say I can only, I only have to pay interest. If we buy a serger for Michaela and, you know, we just, we can't pay it off as soon as we wanted through her sewing business. That's okay. Right. We don't have to. It gives her the flexibility because Michaela not only owns a, owns this little business, but she's a stay-at-home mom. And so you do have little people that she's taking care of. And if somebody's sick and she can't sew, then okay, great. We're, you know, we're just going to push that off and the income is going to come a following month and it's not a big deal. We just adjust our payment. Yep. Yeah. And we don't usually pay the policies back monthly, except for we did just start paying them back out of our, our personal expenses. So like property taxes, insurance, and all that kind of stuff that you know is going to come mm-hmm. yearly. We just budgeted in and that's where we started paying back monthly for oh. the life insurance policy. Oh, okay. Okay. Now- but before we had just been paying back every time I sold any kind of hogs or, or grain or anything like that. Now, you guys just started really keeping your books in the last year as well. And have you found that super helpful? Yeah. Yep. It does help out a lot to know exactly where you're at. And you can just look on the computer and it's a lot easier to make decisions on predicting what I need to do and the cash flow aspect of things. The last three years, everything has changed a lot because Dad and I have expanded on hogs quite a bit the last couple of years. And we've had, we got married and we had two two kids right away. So all of the numbers and everything has changed. Nothing has been the same, per se. <laughs> Nothing will ever be the same, Austin. Yeah, but <laughs> in a, yeah, everything just changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, one final question for me, and you've touched on it a little bit already, but I get this question a lot, and you can be brutally honest, doesn't matter to me, but people are worried that I'm not going to answer the phone or that because we're doing business over the internet, it's a little bit harder to do that. Now, I'm going to ask you this question because you are not a, a techie guy. You are you are the hands-on farmer, electrician, 
And so have you found it difficult to get a hold of me or even like was the meeting easy online? Yep, yep, it was all very easy. I'm not very techy, but if I can do it on if it can be done on an iPhone, I can pretty well do it. But you're not hard to get a hold of either. Uh I like if you're busy or whatever, you leave a voicemail and you usually call back as soon as you can, which that helped instill trust as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I text. If somebody doesn't call back, yeah. If somebody if somebody ain't calling back, more than likely I'm not going to trust your or deal with you much longer. Right. And we talk a lot because, and we don't always talk about, this is what I like about you, Austin. And I have a couple of clients like you is we don't always talk about life insurance. We're talking about, yeah. oh, should I do these long-haired sheep? Or what about this yeah. strategy? Or what about that strategy? Because your mind does not shut off. You are a thinker and you are always strategizing. And so you are calling to run those scenarios and for us to run those scenarios. It's not always, oh, I'm only going to talk to Mary Jo when I when she needs to sell me something. Right. It is to service you and to service that policy. And there's no charge to do that. But I bet we talk at least every couple months. I mean, and we go and you go in spurts, but it's, you know, depending on whatever you're doing, we're running those strategies. Yeah. Or whatever I'm thinking about. Right. Or if you need help with something. Right. Yep. I've always appreciated how, you know, it wasn't that you just sold me something and then you just said, okay, well, talk to you later. Right. No, you not been that way at all. Yeah. And it's not in it. And I don't ever intend to be that way because if you need help with estate planning, then I hope I have someone for estate planning, or I hope I have somebody that I can refer you to for bookkeeping or for whatever it is, long haired sheep. <laughs> like If I can put you in, I have people that I'm constantly working with. And so if I can help people, that's great. And I love it because you're always trying to run strategies and that helps me learn. And, you know, I'll like, I'll go out on Facebook and I'll be like, Hey, I put it out on Facebook. Have Michaela check this. People are doing this. And that's awesome. And it's awesome for everybody, not just you, but everybody else that's thinking about it as well. So. Yep. I agree. Okay. So that's all I have. Do you have anything final that you would add or suggest or tell somebody that was asking you about it no other than if uh if you don't think you understand it and if you think that you know what this is all about and everything well maybe you should do a little bit more research and read and talk to mary joe don't be afraid to ask questions or argue with her because i've done that i did that at the beginning too i argued with her quite a bit and asked questions and she's very easy to learn from as long as you just pay attention, you're open-minded. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Yep, not a problem. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed that and you learned something from Austin. He has lots of good information and he has used me to my full extent. And I always appreciate helping. So If you enjoy these, please let me know. If you have questions or comments, you can always let me know at maryjo at withoutthebank.com. And we will see you next time. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Farming Without the Bank podcast. 
We hope today's episode has inspired you to take control of your finances in new ways. Don't forget to check out our website, farmingwithoutthebank.com, and engage with us on our Facebook page, Farming Without the Bank. Join us next week as we smash more financial myths and empower you to accomplish your financial goals. 